Hi, welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella and uh, I am doing a live on Instagram as well as recording the podcast, um, which you can get on all of the platforms now, which is kind of exciting. Um, Amazon Music, I, I'm not going to say it now, but you can talk to Alexa and she will, <laughs> if you tell her to play LX2 Codependency Coaching, she does, which is really kind of fun and exciting. Um, I have been playing with that and like just playing podcasts and playing like my old uh, episodes, which is kind of cool. Um, it's, it's interesting to be uh, this exposed uh, by humans and um, <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I like, like, it's funny because I used to be an extrovert. Well, I have extroverted tendencies and so sometimes uh, I really like attention and uh, I like it when people, you know, are watching and looking and all the things. The fact that I have to now monitor the metrics on my, um, on my attention is weird and I don't like that as much. Um, also, a lot of the apps that I'm using, so uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, the, the only way for you to like continue to get engagement is to engage in the application, which I'm not a huge fan of, so I don't like spending a whole lot of my time um, on, Insta on Instagram, on, um, on social media. And so I have to be doing that to a, a large degree, which is frustrating. <laughs> not complaining, I'm just pointing out the challenges. Um, but like I said, I have kind of a half-baked idea uh, just with stuff that I've been processing and doing a little bit of writing on and also just been feeling because that's how I process all the things. Um, so uh, one of the things that has kind of come up in the last week or so has been how codependency affects your self-concept and your self-esteem. Uh, just for clarification, self-concept is how you conceive of or think about yourself and your place on the planet. Um, in your community and your family, like kind of your roles. Um, and then self-esteem is how you feel about yourself, uh, while you're engaging conceptually <laughs> with other humans. Um, and so codependency has an interesting effect. Um, and I was also thinking about the fact that like not everybody, you know, gets, gets the codependency. Um, uh, not that it's catchy and not that it's some kind of disease. Uh, but nobody, like, we don't develop this necessarily from our family of origin. A lot of us do, and I can say that for myself I do, um, or have, but some people just kind of uh, get it later in life because, again, if we start with the idea that other people get to determine our value and worth, um, then they, then we start to feel... Um, like we determine our value and worth based on how we're perceived by others. And so if we are dependent on that external validation, that is, you know, codependency. Um, but it, it can kind of skew how you see yourself and how you see your place on the planet. Um, and so one of the things I was thinking about is how we view, you know, our role in relationships with other people. Um, and so one of the things I was thinking about was like, okay, family of origin, parents, siblings, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, grandparents, depending on how big or small your family community is, um, you know, they, they all have their own way of seeing you and, and usually it's positive, but, you know, it just depends on the situation. Um, but when we get out into the world, then it 
it tends to change things and it is skewed. And, um, you know, for myself, I recognize that like I was put in front of people, um, as a very small child to kind of validate how, you know, talented I was. Um, I had started singing when I was very small. And so, um, my parents would, you know, kind of put me out in front of people and be like, sing the song, Stella. And I did. And I really enjoyed that. Right. So I, I learned, uh, that it was kind of fun and nice to be validated in that way. Um, but I was little, I was like four or five. Um, and then I sang in choirs and, and I sang in high school and all the things. Um, but I did like that validation. Right. And so then you think about like other school interactions. Um, so I, when I first started singing, I was singing, uh, for like parents and grandparents of, uh, my mom was in a, in education anyway. Um, but we think about like teachers, and so I talked a lot about like homework and, and how that is validating. We look at peers and how they view us. Um, I've always been kind of a weird, nerdy kid. Uh, <laughs> and so even though I had, you know, friends, I've always been able to make friends. Um, I didn't experience like a ton of bullying, not until maybe middle school. But again, that, that external validation or invalidation uh, is kind of how we start to figure out our role and um, our place on the planet. And so if it's positive, that's a good thing. If it's negative, that's a different thing. Um, and so really looking at how we start to see ourselves. And I know for myself, um, you know, my value and worth was performative, not just in like the singing way, but in the like grades and, and um, how adults saw me. I've always been very... Um, mature <laughs> for my age. Um, and part of that was just, you know, I, being a, the first child, uh, I spoke early. I really liked it when adults, um, validated me and thought I was so smart and all those things. Um, and so that, that became a big part of how I saw myself. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like all of that is great. Um, but so I sang well, I was smart. Um, not until the other little kids came, did I, does my value, like, was it based on, like, what I was doing in terms of taking care of other people? The doing piece is important. So, um, you know, it's not just being. Uh, I had made a, a TikTok uh, the other day um, because I was thinking about how anytime anybody asks me how my day is going or how... How was my day? I go through this like litany of stuff that I have accomplished and uh, not being a traditional worker right now, uh, it's a little bit harder to generate that idea of my doing and consequently my worth and value based on what I'm doing. Um, and so my self-concept has changed certainly as my identity has changed. Um, and so when we think about identity, that's another piece of our self-concept of how we conceive of ourselves. Um, so codependency affects that in that if our value and worth is based on other people's perception, then we have a very skewed kind of way of seeing what our value and worth is um, because it's based on approval from other people. Uh, and so little kids, we've got adults, then we've got peers. Uh, middle school, it's a whole mess because there's peers that are looking at us, you know, for a lot of different things, uh, not just like if we're smart, but are we wearing the right clothes and are we engaging in the right conversations and are we, you know, having these 
interests that everybody else is into. And depending on how big or small your middle school is, like that can be a whole challenge. But that influences your self-concept. It influences how you, you know, see your place in that community. And so it really does start to look at like how we view ourselves, right? So that builds into our self-concept. And the identity piece is interesting because your identity shifts over time. You're not just one thing or participating in just one experience. You are growing and evolving that identity as you continue to have experiences. And I know for myself, like I, you know, was, was this um, very smart, very articulate, uh, very helpful child. Um, and then I got to middle school and, you know, it was awkward and weird and like we all are because middle school is terrible. Um, my my self-concept changed. Consequently, my worth and value or how I felt about me also changed. Um, the little kids started being born when I was 10. So uh, 10, I was 10, 12, 14, and 16 when the little ones were born. And... Um, you know, the, the more responsibility I had, then the, the more that I was uh, called upon to do these other things, which then led to how I felt about myself. Now, the challenges to that were um, raised by two humans, adults who had their own kind of flawed background and the things that they were doing. Um, and so how they communicated approval uh, would vary depending on like mood and circumstance and all those things. And that's not anything we can necessarily change or do anything about. But I know for myself, um, you know, my mom was pregnant four times <laughs> uh, while I was in middle school and high school. And uh, what we know to be true about pregnancy is it creates a lot of like hormonal disruption. You know, how she felt about herself was influenced by that. Consequently, I was influenced by that. Um, and so, you know, comments about how she felt about her body, um, you know, hush felt about my dad, like all of those kind of emotional things were happening. And I was absorbing all of that just as a human being in that environment. Um, and then, you know, middle school, I was awkward, terrible, like whatever. So a lot of that influenced how I saw myself and how I saw my role in these communities. So my community of home and then my community of school. Um, I think in elementary school, I was in Girl Scouts, um, and so that was its own thing. <laughs> um, but it was nice because I, I could, it was something I was doing by myself, and I had my own uh, influence um, that wasn't like family related, which was kind of cool. Uh, and then you know, church things like um, uh, what is it called Sunday school. Um, so I had different communities and different roles within those communities. Um, but I recognized that like all of those influenced how I feel about me. And I can imagine, you know, as I'm talking about these, what I'm encouraging you guys to do is really think about your roles in communities and how that has affected how you have created your self-concept, but also how you feel about you. Kind of the insidious, not great part about codependency is it makes you question your value and your worth based on that external perspective. And it's constant, right? Um, I'm really grateful to have grown up in a time that social media didn't exist and so I didn't have to function based on, you know, likes and, and all of those things. And so it really is triggering for me in a lot of ways to have to 
to justify my place on the planet, especially because I'm not a traditional worker. Um, you know, looking at the metrics on my website, on my social media, on all of those things, it's really kind of interesting because when I was a traditional worker, and even then, like I ran my own business, so my, my value was based on like people coming back and the money I was making. Um, now I don't have those external kind of markers, and so I have to check these other markers for, or I don't have to, but I feel like I do, um, to justify my value and worth. So uh, that's kind of why it's been something that I'm processing lately, is that it, it is a constant thing that I am thinking about um, because I have to present my thoughts and, and uh, ideas on a podcast, on you know the content I'm creating, and it it feels not organic to me because I I don't know how to do it. I mean I've been doing it for three months now, which feels good, um, but or feels better. I don't know that it ever feels good, um, but it is a it's a very weird thing. And so what I am starting to recognize is the filter of my codependency is like I'm working on trying not to have this external value of how I'm perceived be uh, such a big idea, but it is. And um, though I would like to just get on here and be like, oh, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Like I do to a degree, but I also <laughs> feel like I have to, um, you know, maintain a, a certain level of, of decorum and, and um, professionalism and, and all of those things while also genuinely being who I am and, uh, you know, providing information because the information is important uh, and I do believe in it, but it does trigger those parts of myself where I start to feel like an imposter or I start to feel like, um, like I'm faking it or like I start to feel like I don't know what I'm talking about because, and you know, we talked about this when, when my sister was here before, is like I'm getting on here and I'm saying all these things which are true um, and you know, backed up by research and all the things, um, but I'm still processing it as the human being that I am, and the human being that I am is someone who is going through this process of digging out these parts of myself um, and really looking at them, uh, hopefully not too critically, but definitely critically, and, and recognizing how they have contributed to my codependency specifically. Um, and so it's a very strange, road to be on um, because I, I am constantly trying to put things back into the boxes that they belong in while also processing the feelings so that I can share them in an authentic way. Um, but the piece about how I feel about myself, I would say like 80, maybe 75% of the time I feel really good and confident and um, I value myself regularly, you know, when we were talking before about kind of self-love and how I talk to myself, I, I really do feel like if all the love that I've ever given to other people and all the extra things that I've done for love um, have value, then I should be giving them to myself first. And so as I do that, um, I then start to question <laughs> all the other times when I'm just like doing extra things for justification and validation of my place on the planet. Um, and then I, you know, without being super critical of past versions of myself, it is important for me to really recognize that 
those other versions of myself were working on their healing journey. And I say journey because it is, it's a process. And, you know, I, oftentimes with clients, I would talk about how it's kind of like a cha-cha. It's like two steps forward, three steps back. Um, and it is because it's not a constant, steady journey. It is ups and downs and hills and backs and all the things. And, and it's not ever something that, you know, one morning you just wake up and you're like, okay, cool, I'm better. Um, in, in therapy, we, you know, we talk about kind of an injury or, or um, some kind of wounding emotionally and how then we become protective of that wounding. Um, and so for me, you know, I've, I've built walls and cages and all the things to like hold myself in and back and um, to keep myself safe, even though I am pretty safe. And so, you know, we talk about safety in terms of security. Do you feel secure? I feel secure most of the time, um, in addition to being a skilled human who has a lot of tools and skills, I also, you know, I'm kind of deadly. Like <laughs> my personality can be, uh, aggressive. Um, if not assertive, it can be a little bit of both. Um, so I, I mean, I do a good job of like maintaining my security. Um, maintaining your security and maintaining your peace are very different in my brain. Like, you know, if you're trying to keep yourself safe all the time, you're not maintaining or enjoying your peace. And I really try to maintain my peace more often than not. Um, but when my own brain starts to come in and betray me or, you know, all the anxiety and the different things that I've collected over time, um, especially when I'm by myself, like it gets really quiet. And so then all the demons show up and they're like, hey, remember how you're a piece of shit? Uh, <laughs> or you've done shitty things, or remember that time you were a complete and total piece of shit? Like, those things come. And so the self-love and, like, how you talk to yourself is super important. Um, but as I dig out these boxes of my own stuff, like, <clears throat> I definitely recognize where it comes from. And so I think it's important to validate that and not... Um, be so critical, right? I mean, I'm working on like managing all of this stuff as it comes out and I'm writing about it and I'm talking about it and I'm creating content about it. So the reality is I'm a human being going through this experience. Who has emotions? Water. Talking to a camera and sharing it with like all kinds of people, which is a very weird thing to do. Um, Fortunately for me, I have really great friends and family, and so I'm, I'm talking to other people. Um, but it is, it's a weird thing, because my concept, the concept of myself, um, though pretty secure and like valid and validating, um, sometimes feels constricted or challenged because I'm going through all these things and I'm, I'm really processing it through my own lens. Um, and I also have to justify it externally. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, oh, how many people visited the website? And, you know, how many likes did I get on that meme or whatever thing? Or um, it's, a, it's weird. It's a very strange way of, of, like, living, which I hope I don't have to live like this all the time. <laughs> um, and, and it's a choice, right? Like, I recognize that I came out here to do this on my own for a reason. Um, and while I was working, it was really helpful to be able to be on the kind of 
expert place. And, and so that's the other thing is as, as my identity has shifted, the concept of who I am has changed. When I, you know, was a therapist and running my own business and, and like I said, getting those other um, validating external perspectives, it, it made a lot more sense. And so now all of the demons are just running around because um, they're like, ah, we don't have a job. We don't have to wear pants, uh, <laughs> which is really frustrating because it's like, guys, yes, we have to wear pants, maybe just shorts. It's fine, but like get it together. And so I'm reining that in on a regular basis, which is exhausting. Um, and so it definitely has challenged then myself, not my self-esteem, because I, I do generally feel pretty secure, um, but there are moments, right, where it like comes up and it's like, ah, yeah, it might be a piece of shit. Um, and so then I have to, with kindness and gentility, be like, no, we're not, like, we're fine. But I can imagine that this is a very isolated, very concentrated experience. The reason I'm sharing it is because I know that there are people out there who have this on a regular basis, who are thinking these thoughts and feeling these feelings regularly, and it's contributed to by how they were raised and how they see themselves and all those things. And so that's, that's why I'm sharing it. I'm not just like out here just saying words. Um, but I recognize that there is something to consider when we think about how we feel about ourselves and certainly how we conceive of what our role is on the planet. Um, and and you know, being human beings, we have interactions and relationships with other people. Um, and so it's important to be able to have them but not let them completely take over and influence how you feel about yourself. Um, there will always be people who don't like you for whatever reason. And then it really has less to do with you and more to do with how they feel about themselves. And that sounds trite and cliche, but it's really true. And so it is a regular reminder to myself that, you know, whatever somebody else is going through is, is their own lens. It's their own perception. It really has very little to do with me and how I'm showing up. Uh, but it's really hard to disconnect that when the hard wiring of my experience has been my self-worth and my self-value is based on what other people perceive. And so when we're thinking about the concept of how I show up in the world and what that role is, it is defined by all of these things, like our relationships, like our community, like our, identi our, de our identity in terms of, of the different roles that we play in other people's lives, um, because we live in communities. Like even here, I live in an apartment and though I don't have a community locally, <laughs> um, you know, I'm influenced by my neighbors upstairs and you know, the people I interact with on the street and the people I interact with when I do, um, you know, in a service oriented way, like service people. Um, and so, I am being perceived regularly, both in person, online, and you know, by this larger community. Um, and so I am thinking about it probably more than most people do. That being said, you know, I've talked about anxiety in previous, um, previous, previous episodes of the podcast and really talking about um, two types of anxiety. So the physical anxiety where you kind of short, shortness of breath or tight chest or stomach issues or your head is constantly going. Um, and then there's the kind of the thought kind of just like it's a constantly playing, you know, 
reel or sometimes multiple reels of what other people are thinking. Um, and usually when I treat anxiety, it's, you know, kind of dispelling that myth of what are other people thinking or what other people think about us? Because the reality is that most people don't think about us all that much past that initial interaction and then, you know, whatever. Um, but having all this time in my own head has caused me to think about these things and then to have to wrangle my own thoughts about my role in a community that is largely externally perceived. As I do that, um, it has triggered all these old things because again, I am actively going into old boxes and looking at where codependency showed up for me. Um, and so one of the things that I've been kind of looking at is, again, roles and relationships, um, because the, the goal of this has always been to help people to have relationships in a better way so that it is not a traumatic event, but it is very much, you know, a, a boundary, you know, communicative, helpful process so that it doesn't feel overwhelming because a lot of times relationships can feel overwhelming. And I just mean two people relating or multiple people relating to each other. Um, we talked a little bit about romantic relationships before and family dynamics before that. Um, I've sprinkled coworkers in kind of in, you know, the, the podcast and, and certainly the writing I've been doing. Um, but the, con the, so the concept of self-esteem and self-concept is something to consider consistently because we evolve and change over time and our experiences that we have with other people or in different situations are what contribute to how we conceive of ourselves and our role on the planet. So it's important to really start to recognize like how you see yourself um, and then are you feeling like that's a worthy endeavor? Like, are you enjoying what you're doing and the, the relationships that you're having and the community that you're participating in? Or is it taxing? Are you tired? Do you feel overwhelmed by it? Um, and that doesn't mean pull yourself out of the community. Sometimes it might. But what it means is, are you managing your energy and are you managing how you feel about yourself in those situations? Um, there's a book the magical art of not giving a fuck. I think that's what it's called. I will look it up. Uh, but she talks about a fuck budget. And so how many fucks you have to give to all these things, uh, which I love and my clients really love because I say fuck all the time. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's really something to consider is like how much energy do you have to give to these relationships? And so because we live on a planet chock full of people, because it is in our nature to interact with them, it's important to recognize what you, how much energy you have to have to give it to those interactions. Um, and if you have a, a larger budget, then obviously you can spend more time and energy. Um, when I was working, I had energy mostly for work and then some for, um, you know, my social interactions and then some for myself that has shifted significantly where all of my energy is for me, um, which then gives me a lot more time to take care of myself in a healthy way. So I'm eating good food. I'm moving my body around. Um, I'm spending time doing things I enjoy. Uh, but also <laughs> I have a lot more time to be in my own head. And so that's super challenging. Um, because a lot of people will continue to dive into more things and, and do more things 
to not have that time in your head. And, you know, professionally with my colleagues, we've talked about the fact that even for ourselves, like we will jump into the next project or take a class or, you know, um, learn something, a new skill or whatever to avoid what I am doing, which is spending all of this time in my own head. And though I could spend a lot of time learning Greek, uh, when I first got here, I was spending a lot of time learning the terrain. Um, the majority of my time is spent in my own head. And so it's really looking at how I view myself. The only way that I can, you know, kind of get this stuff out of me <laughs> so that I can write and do the things is to go through it myself. Um, and so I've just spent the last 28 minutes talking about just me, which is uncomfortable. I don't like it. It's not my favorite, but, um, but it is how I'm doing it. And um, I have a girlfriend who's also a colleague, uh, and she talks a lot about the fact that what I am doing is very much doing this excavation work on myself to be able to share the information and knowledge. When I was working, I was working with clients to be able to help them gently, you know, excavate this information for themselves and organize it. It's a very different thing. Um, it's kind of like, you know, a, a closet organizer or like a house organizer, professional organizer, where they would like go in and, and you know, kind of look at and gently talk to like, do we need this? Or let's put some shelves here. Or, you know, in my case, let's color coordinate the closet. Um, and so that having someone else on the journey with you is really helpful. Uh, and certainly for me, like being able to do that as a professional was a tremendous opportunity and gift to be able to help people to reconceive of themselves, recognize their worth and value, um, and then shift how they feel about themselves so that they, we, they would create some healing and growth. Um, and so that was a very defined role. And I had a lot of energy and I really enjoyed doing it. It was actually very fun and fulfilling for me. Um, and my clients will tell you that they enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> they may not have enjoyed all of the process, but they got a lot of value from it, right? And so that external value, again, was very clearly defined in that they would come back and they would get better and you know I would make money and all of those things. Um, Whereas now, it, I don't have clients. Like, I'm not in anybody else's closet. I am in my own closet. Um, and so that's been interesting. Um, but helpful. Like, it helps me to conceive of it, to be able to write it down um, and to share it. But the, it, it's, like I said, the, the worth and value thing has been something that comes up in maybe not the healthiest ways um, because the relationships that I'm in... Um, I'm starting to reevaluate like what my role is in them. And, you know, especially because I'm out here by myself and like all of my people are on another continent for the most part <laughs> or several continents. I actually have friends in other countries, um, but they're all, they all have their own lives. They're all doing their own things. I'm on a different timeline in terms of uh, scheduling. I don't interact with them maybe as often as I did before. Um, and so I'm, really 100% in my own head about this, as I have talked about now for 30 minutes. Um, and so these are things to think about, to start to evaluate for yourself, like how you see your role in your communities, um, and then how you feel about that. 
Um, and so the feelings can be kind of all over the place in terms of your worth and value. Um, but when you start to recognize that, that those are the things that influence then the things that you are doing to validate, justify, um, acknowledge how you are interacting with other people. If you feel as though you are doing extra things or, you know, um, externalizing that worth and value and not being able to give it to yourself, that's a little bit insidious. And it's, it's not a terrible thing. I'm not saying that, like, you have to pull out of all your relationships. What I'm encouraging you to do is to really start to increase your own value and worth internally so that you don't have to do these extra things that create resentment, that create anger, that create frustration, that create unrealistic expectations. Um, and so again, I am checking all of those things for myself. And the biggest part of this journey for me is to be able to kind of pinpoint it both personally and then professionally to be able to give you some other ways of doing it so that it doesn't feel so awful. Um, and codependency doesn't always feel awful. It can actually feel really nice when you feel needed and your worth and value is justified by your interaction with other people. Um, it does feel nice to be needed. It does feel nice to be wanted. Um, and when you're doing an, an equitable shared, you know, participation in relationships, that's healthy. Um, interdependent is the goal, right? Two independent people functioning together. Um, Completely dependent, also totally fine. Or no, <laughs> dependent is not totally fine. Independent is fine. Um, dependent is not, unless, you know, there's like some physically something wrong. Um, but interdependent is the goal. And so being able to have relationships where you are independent, your source of value and worth comes, you know, entirely from yourself. Um, and then getting these extra things is extra. You don't have to do extra things to get the bare minimum. And so that's kind of where we're at. We're all over the place today. And that's, like I told you, half-baked idea. Not quite firm in the middle. Um, but I am continuing to excavate it and figure it out for myself so that I can share it with you guys. Um, I think there's extra, there's a couple essays on the um, website. And content is coming. I am packing up. I'm here in Athens for seven more days and then heading out to Ireland where uh, new information, new adventures will happen. Uh, I do have a friend coming to stay with me and then travel with me. Um, and so she will be on the podcast hopefully next week, if not the, the following week. Uh, and you get to see what it's like to travel with us. Um, but I am packing up things here packing and ex-packing or unpacking all the things internally. There's a lot going on. And so thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm going to end the video and then I will end the podcast. Talk to you guys soon. Okay. So that uh, was the end of the live video on Instagram. This episode is kind of all over the place. Um, hopefully there was some cohesion to it. <laughs> I am Stella with Lunet or LX2 Codependency Coaching. Um, you can get a hold of me at lx2.cod.coach on at Gmail. Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC on Instagram and the same on Facebook. Um, leave your feedback, comments, please be kind. <laughs> and I will talk to you soon. Take care.